Welcome to the Quartering Podcast for Wednesday, the 21st of December. First up, Elon Musk bans Antifa from Twitter and leftists rage. With everything going on last week, there was a little known, a uh, little talked about cleansing, uh, a, a removal, a exorcism of a certain couple of people, a group of people, looks like, uh, that the uh, left-wing media is very, very angry about. It's, of course, we know. When rules are applied evenly, most of the time, they would lose. They're, they become accustomed to favorability, special treatment on places like Twitter. And there was an article uh, that came out <clears throat> just a few days ago that says uh, the uh, domestic Terry uh, account that the FBI should have demanded Twitter delete. Musk owns own site finally bans the super soldier account that is arranged uh, all sorts of crimes is doxed people. It was revealed after it was revealed that feds targeted satire accounts for takedown. Screenshots taken Saturday evening show that uh, a particular handle, uh, the Colorado Springs cell of the uh, Terry group, has in fact been removed, with reporter Annie No the first to break the news. No, an editor for the Post Millennial, had been one of many onlookers to express anger last month over the group's continued presence on the social media platform, even though even after Musk took control of the company in late October. The Colorado group, which had 15,000 followers, is one of several far-left profiles scrubbed in the past week, with many seemingly linked to the super soldiers, Anifa, which has thousands of cells across the country. I always thought it was really interesting that even given their classification, Nobody, I mean, it wasn't interesting. It was obvious why, right? But I always thought it was particularly enraging that they operated freely and in the open on Twitter. When Twitter, let's say, for example, maybe uh, has banned all sorts of right-wing groups over the years. And so, look, if you're going to let them exist, then you have to let everyone else exist. But that wasn't what it was. I mean, they were banning like Proud Boys and all sorts of right-wing groups, but letting these lunatics, uh, you know, flourish. You can see any note breaking, uh, COSA, anti-fascists. The Colorado Springs cell had been suspended on Twitter. The account has operated for years, instructing comrades to raise hands against people and directing members to get the home, ad home addresses and phone numbers of targets. It had 15,000 followers. Musk had at one point argued against lifetime bans, but after several celebrity and blue checkmark verified users changed their account to mimic his own, he ordered the policy be revamped. It also comes amid increased suspicion of cooperation between Twitter and the FBI. Well, when this article was written, we didn't quite have the receipts that we have now. Now we know that uh, that's absolutely the case. Uh, no tweeted on Saturday breaking that the group has, had been suspended, sharing screenshots of the alert. The account had been suspended for some of the group's more problematic posts. Posts shared by the journalists included calls for organizers and their supporters to vandalize local pro-life centers. Following the recent Roe v. Wade Supreme Court reversal, the orders instructing followers to raise hands against prominent right-wingers, the account has operated for years instructing comrades to do all sorts of things. A month earlier, Noah shared his concern about the group's presence on Twitter in a reply post from Musk where he called on users to air any issues with the site that should be addressed following his highly publicized takeover. Removing child, uh, protecting kids is priority number one. Musk, 51, wrote at the time. Please reply in comments if you see anything else that's what I need to address. No wrote, 
uh, Noah is an outspoken critic of the group. I mean, everybody should be, right? I'm all for fighting the power, but that's not really how the, the practical sense of that group. Uh, he replied that a large number of accounts used by its members and hundreds of cells across the country are used to incite bad behavior. Noah noted that despite his this, hundreds of their accounts remain unbanned with a list of more than 5,000 group members and follower accounts currently being circulated. The journalist at the time noted that how the group brazenly promotes riots and gives tips on how to raise your hands against people, post names and photos and addresses of targets plus their family members, sharing screenshots to support his claims. Musk, who at one point argued against bans, said a reverse one on Donald Trump responding, um, you know, as several accounts linked to that group were, were removed from the site last week, members of a cell in Portland threatened arson attacks on Musk-owned Tesla dealerships as a method of retaliation. Gee, wow. Way to prove their point, right? You know, like th these are the people that the Biden administration, you know, uh, was fine supporting, protecting, allowing to flourish. Aside from several other branches, those suspended included an anti-fascist group that pr provides armed security for LGBTQ events in North Texas uh, and, and Crime The Inc. I don't know, Crime TH Inc. Crime Think? I don't know. A conservative collective that has been critical of leftist movements since the mid-90s. The group has come under fire in recent years for purported attacks on Andy No after he put, published a book citing, chiding the organization, who often appear at right-wing processions donning riot gears masks titled Inside, Unmasked Inside Antifa's Radical Plan to Destroy Democracy. I mean, we've seen all the videos of you know Andy running for his life from these lunatics, right? They don't want to talk to him. They want to pummel him. And we've seen that, you know, the group of people, you know, in general, I don't have any problem with, you know, fighting the power or, you know, wanting, even if you like what you want is different from what I want, then like, I still, obviously that's still okay. But when you ascend into these riots where, you know, I mean, the, when you're talking about, you know, doing things to Tesla dealerships, I don't think that you really get to have the platform because you're clearly organized on it. And look, just revealed today, left-wing activist who founded the band group uh, is a trans reporter and formerly a teacher accused of, quote, brainwashing students and giving them books that they shouldn't have. What a coincidence. Why are all these weirdos in this group of people? The founder of the account is Heidi Beadle, 38, and has previously admitted founding the Colorado Springs. Uh, Colorado Springs is also an extremely affluent area. A lot of these people probably upper middle class. Maybe not, but, you know, it's a nice town. You know, Twitter banned the account last week as a part of a crackdown on profiles accused of doing this type of thing. Beetle, a trans woman, so a biological male, is that, I get it mixed up, whatever, who is now a reporter at the Colorado Times Recorder, launched the account and blog several years ago while she was a teacher. She told DailyMail.com that she severed ties with the group in late 2018, early 2019, and hasn't had access to the account since then. Sure. Beadle has, or Bedell, maybe it's, I don't know, I don't care, has spoken previously among coming out as trans in 2014 while she was a teacher and how she experienced, her experience led her to more and more into anti-fash movement. Why? What? Maybe people didn't like that you were giving books to their kids that they shouldn't have, particularly spicy one. You see here, she first admitted to launching the accounts in tweets from October 2019. The tweets were surfaced in a report by Annie Noah, a conservative reporter with the Post Millennial, following the closure of the Twitter account. 
Now also shared a selection of 2016 blog posts from her in which she revealed that a parent complained about her teaching students about comparisons of Trump to Hitler. In another post, Beadle said she let students borrow a copy of a book which includes a kink scene and a lot of drug stuff. It's it, it's like they get off on corrupting these kids, right? Now I'm not gonna be like, oh, they never would have seen it, especially nowadays with the internet. Like when I was young, you had to like, you know, you had a friend's dad who had like a, a magazine stash or something like that to see kind of stuff. He, otherwise you didn't see it. You know, now it's on the internet. These kids are all now, you know, they're seeing it when they're eight years old. You know, she's Beetle, who had previously spoken publicly about her link, said Nose reporting is sensational and widely inaccurate. I don't think so. I actually, I actually wouldn't be surprised if this person is also lying about not being connected to it anymore. You know, because people don't, people don't really want to be publicly associated with this group once they've been outed because then, you know, they get arrested for their crimes. Now, being a member of the group is not a crime. I haven't had access to any social media or blog accounts since that time. She said, I don't know anything about who's currently operating the group or blog. Baloney. She admitted starting the original account, but added the one that was suspended was, I think, the second or third iteration. It had been suspended and recreated at least once since I left, if I'm remembering correctly. She said that nose reporting is not going to have any impact on what anti-fascist activists are doing and will continue to do. Okay, great. Well, then don't whine about it. I think that I don't have a lot of, I've just consumed enough video evidence of what these people do from behind their masks that like, I don't have a lot of sympathy for them. I just think at some point you're going to start worrying about people's safety. And if, if that, you know, banning these, I mean, these groups are is national de uh, designation. So if you're going to raise your hand and say you're part of this Terry group, then um, I suppose you can just have your talk on whatever other websites you want. I suppose that's fine. I mean, they've been banning right-wingers for years, so it's either all okay or none of it's okay. And we clearly know that it's not all okay. And next up today, a woke disaster for Netflix. America rejects Meghan Markle and Prince Harry series hilariously. I don't understand. I don't get the Meghan Markle, Harry, whatever his name is, Prince Harry. I'm from America, man. I don't understand this prince, princess, duchess, dutch, Dutch oven people don't know, don't care. Not my, not my like cup of tea. Ha, <laughs> see what I did there. One thing that is getting annoying though, is how much American media is covering it. And I absolutely hate these people. Not like on a personal level, but like how the heck do so many people care about people that have accomplished nothing in their lives? What has Meghan Markle ever done? Who is, what is Harry, whatever. What has he ever done? What, who, why are, why are, why are my media, why am I seeing nonstop commercials about this crap? And so now there's like this Netflix documentary of like two super rich people having super rich person problems. And I'm supposed to care about that. Well, thankfully, not only do the critics hate the show with a 38%, but the audience gives it a 16%. It's like, um, I go to the Daily Mail a lot to read you know, find stories and stuff like that. They're in the UK. It's usually like a third of their homepage every single time is dedicated to these people. I don't know why. I'm sorry if you're British or whatever from the UK and this offends you, but I'm sure you don't give a damn about Joe Biden either, right? And he's not even like whatever your king or whatever. Would it, this would be like this would be like his niece and nephew. I, I I don't understand why the heck. And then you see this article like 
Harry and Meghan's exhausting endurance test. Netflix docuseries scores 43% of Rotten Tomatoes. It's much more than, lower than that, right? 38% now. As viewers blast cringeworthy Netflix show, Harry and Meghan's docuseries has scored a low 43% of Rotten Tomatoes as critics in the United States rounded on the show after Netflix has released the highly anticipated second half Thursday. There was a first half? Who are these people? But while the Duke and Duchess of Sussex are relying on the U.S. market to warm to them, take them. And, and by the way, I see you emailing me, all you people from the U.K. all smugly like, God, no takesies, backsies. I see. I see you. To warm to them, the documentary was, was described as cringeworthy, exhausting endurance tests by outlets. One described it as going disastrously for the couple. The pair detailed their experience leading to the decision to step away from the British royal family. But they were already super rich. And they had like some ridiculous, massive Spotify contract. Ooh, what will I ever do? I'm only, I'm either going to be wealthy or a little more wealthy. Ooh, I'm biting my nails. Whatever will we do? Let's document it on Netflix. Well, the first three installments released last week focus on British media's coverage of the couple. And the final three episodes see Harry. Uh, by the way, is there a guy that looks more like cucked than that guy? I don't really use that term anymore. I'm using it like the literal Webster's, Merriam-Webster's diction. He looks absolutely miserable. But anyway, maybe he's not. Uh, directing more of ire at Prince William, now the heir to the throne. And speaking in more detail about his relationship, the royal household broke down. Don't care. Looking at their views will not make for a happy ending for Meghan, Harry and Meghan, 41 for the director of the docuseries, Liz Garbus. Why? They got paid. According to review aggregate website Rotten Tomatoes, the series has been received positive reviews from just 43% of critics. It's lower than that. This fell on Thursday following the release of the final three episodes. The audience score makes it even worse for reading, with positive reviews making up just 14% of the 4,200. It's worse now. As of Friday morning, there have been some suggestions of review brigading. Review brigading? There's only 6,000 reviews. There's only 6,000. Nobody likes you people. Do you think Americans right now, like when we're not sending billions of dollars to this Ukraine, we get, we're supposed to care about two super rich people from the royal family? This is America, right? Like nobody cares about these people except for like, I don't know, sweaty housewives? I, I don't know. Who cares about these people? Maybe um, maybe the LGBTQ community? I don't know. Who is this for? And why did Spotify... I assume that Netflix bought this series for people in the UK who care about them. Like, they're no different than their Kardashians to me. Useless. Sorry if this offends you, but not sorry. I'm sure most people agree with me. She seems like dumber than a box of rocks in my opinion. He seems absolutely miserable. It's really difficult to care about about these people's troubles when they're living in like a multi-million dollar mansion in LA and have hundred million dollar contracts between Netflix and Spotify. Who cares about these? Go away. The Atlantic Magazine review of the final three episodes of the series called them a cringeworthy end to Harry and Meghan on Netflix. Reporter Helen Lewis asks readers if they were ready for three more hours of expensively lit retribution. She bemoans the length of the docuseries noting that Ken Burns needed just three times as long to get through, through the entire Vietnam War. Lewis writes that the series frames Harry and Meghan's departure from the royal family's inner circle as a missed opportunity for racial healing. Aren't they all white? 
What? For generational change and for new social awareness in a stuffy institution. So she wanted the church to get woke? The recurrent motif gives you the whole documentary an unfortunate air of late night message left on your ex's voicemail, insisting that you're happy and have moved on and that are having a great life. Lewis also points out that while the couple repeat that they have never had the chance to tell their story, in addition to sitting in for primetime interview for Oprah uh, last year, Megan also cooperated with the writers of Omid Scobie and Carolyn Durand, the authors of another sympathetic biography about the couple. We've never had a chance to tell our story. Who cares? Why does anybody care about these people's story? They're, 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 they are completely irrelevant. They are, if, they, if they literally went, faded into obscurity, the world wouldn't change one iota. Netflix, Harry's, and Meghan is going disastrously for... Yeah, I mean, I don't even understand. While briefly dethroning mega-hit Wednesday a Wednesday for a number one spot on Netflix. The show quickly slipped back under it. And the three hour premiere has been roasted by critics and fans alike. Forbes says the overall gist of the show is that it isn't presenting all that much new information, but it's a straight retelling of old conflicts between Harry and Meghan and the Royal family. And also between them and the British tabloid press and paparazzi. What? What? Why won't you guys take them back? The Chicago Tribune, meanwhile, said the final three episodes were about image management for Harry and Meghan and gave the show 2.5 out of 4. The newspaper said the couple have made it clear that they were under siege during the time as working royals. Under siege? How much are these people worth? What is her, stu what is her stupid name? Meghan Markle? I bet she's worth tens of millions. Like tens of millions. Yeah, current net worth $60 million. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, oh, do you not get a shark bar this year? Do you have to wait for next year to get a shark bar? Didn't Spotify, like, Spotify contract Markle? I think, like, they, yeah, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry got a $30 million deal on Spotify which back in January had yet to yield a single episode. I think they have a couple out now. $30 million? Where can I get in on this? They went to the Zelensky school, I think. Or perhaps he went to theirs. <laughs> it's okay to admit that Harry and Meghan are annoying. Yeah, no kidding. They've been through a lot. I don't, I don't, it's hard for me to feel bad for anyone worth $100 million as a couple. It's hard for me to feel people worth a couple million bucks. And it's not like they had the death of a child or anything like this. Every facet of Marco's life, her relationships with her extended family, the fact that she eats avocados, the paint she chooses for her son's nursery, and even holding hands with her husband at her grandmother's funeral has been weaponized by the tabloids. So don't read them. It's pretty simple. And by the way, all that tabloid coverage commits to your net wealth. You get that, right? All that tabloid coverage is why they got $30 million from Spotify. <sighs> Great. We got James Corden. We got these two. I think there's some secret plan in the UK where they export their most annoying people to the United States as like some sort of payback. And it's working.
And next up, Yoel Roth freaking out as FBI relationship with Twitter looks criminal now. And AG demands heads roll. The FBI has issued a absolutely bizarre statement given the public documents that we've all seen. Now, I know people are getting a little tired of Twitter files, but I do still think they're important to cover. I'm trying to mix in a better variety of topics here as we ring in the new year. If you're still enjoying the coverage, please do leave a like on this video. And if you haven't yet, there is a subscribe button down below, almost wherever you're watching it. I would greatly, greatly appreciate if you would uh, join the quartering crew by subscribing. Controversial FBI agent Elvis Chan denies claims that he warned Twitter security chief about the president's son's computer leak as investigation reveals the extent of FBI tentacles in Silicon Valley. How could you possibly deny it? How could you deny it? Like, seriously, how could you possibly deny it? We've read the emails, bro. Controversial FBI agent Elvis Chan denied uh, that he had warned Twitter's then chief about supposed operations. So essentially, Elvis Chan and Yul Roth were like bosom buddies. Yul Roth had claimed in his sworn declaration that Federal Election Committee in December 2020 that he felt compelled to censor the Hunter Biden laptop story and label it as coming from hacked materials based on information FBI agents had given him at weekly meetings. Of course, we don't have any transcripts of that, but I mean, based on everything else we've seen, does anybody really not believe that? Of course, now Elvis Chan, a supervisory special agent for the Bureau, ins insisted in a deposition on no in November that none of the agents specifically mentioned the laptop as one of the possible leak operations. I'm sure they didn't specifically mention it, but I'm sure they implied it was. I'm fairly certain they implied it was. Those FBI agents would then meet with big tech officials to remove, quote, disfavored speakers' viewpoints and content on social media platforms under the guise of combating misinformation. The Republican attorney generals of Louisiana and Missouri claim. In his declaration, Roth claimed, I was told that the intelligence community expected that individuals associated with political campaigns would be subject to hacking attacks and that material obtained through those would be disseminated over social media platforms. Well, I mean, we've seen the emails, right? We saw the emails from Jim Baker. We saw the emails from Yoel Roth. We know that he's lying. They were both in on it. The FBI and Yoel Roth. Yoel Roth had a little, little chub with all the power he had working directly with the FBI. I bet he went to the, the, you know, the, the soy bar, told all his soy friends about how he was an international spy. Also, I learned in these meetings that there were rumors that the hack and leak operation would involve the president's son, he added, as Twitter tried to defend itself against a complaint by Tea Party Patriots Foundation that its censorship was an in-kind contribution to then-candidate Joe Biden, which I now, of course, believe to be absolutely the truth. Chen then explained that, or under questioning by Solicitor General John Sauer late last month, Chan said he would interpret what Roth said in his sworn testimony differently. He insisted he had never discussed the laptop as being subject to a hack and leak operation at weekly meetings with content moderation officials like Facebook, Google, Twitter, Yahoo, Reddit, and even LinkedIn. Except this is not what both Mark Zuckerberg and Yul Roth said. In my estimation, this is like the, I remember things differently. In my estimation, we never discussed 
Hunter Biden specifically with Twitter, he said. I always try to skip saying his name, dang it. And so in way I read, in the way I read that there are hack and leak operations. And then at the time, I believed he flagged one as the potential current events were happening ahead of things. No, wrong. Chan then explained that because he does not actually remember discussing it, ball, he's literally going with the, I don't recall that. He's going with the, I don't recall that defense. So this would have been something he would have just thought of as a hot button issue on his own. Chan also revealed in his testimony that the FBI now plans to hold more meetings with big tech officials ahead of the 2024 presidential election. At, the, at this time, will include representatives from Apple and the Wikimedia Foundation. They were all added because they are a cloud infrastructure company, he said, of adding Apple to the discussions. And we believe the tactical information specifically, indicators that we shared with them relate to foreign state-sponsored actors, except we saw in the leaks number eight that there really were no requests of the FBI over foreign information. It was all two follower Andes uh, who were making election jokes. Again, in his testimony last month, Chan said he had met with the past, met with the pair to discuss a Yahoo leak that the Carter page was being investigated. The page left the Trump campaign in the aftermath, while two campaign spokespersons denied that he had ever been a part of it. Again, remember that Jim Baker, the general counsel for Twitter, or big time lawyer at Twitter, was also the former general counsel for the FBI who was released under suspicion of leaking information to the press. Of course, Baker is now under fire for meeting secretly with some of his former colleagues at the Bureau before coercing Roth to label the laptop story as disinformation. He later sent a letter thanking the FBI for its help in suppressing the story. Chan's testimony tells a very different story from Roth's claim back in 2020 and from Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg's conversation with podcaster Joe Rogan years later. He said in August that Facebook officials uh, attended that very same meeting and was, and also figured the agents were insinuating the president's son's story was the result of one of these. Of course they were! <laughs> Bro, like, of course they were. This is, a, this is like one case where I 100% believe Mark Zuckerberg. I 100% believe that they knew that it was coming out and that they planted enough tactical seeds to make sure that it got blocked. And then they had their inside man, Jim Baker, do the rest. The idea that they're like, in statements afterwards, the FBI said the agency routinely notifies social media companies about potential security threats. A press release read, the FBI has provided companies with foreign threat indicators to help them protect their platforms and customers from uh, abuse from foreign malign influence actors. You mean like how you and the CIA and the Department of Defense did the very same thing using Arab-speaking languages that was outed by, I think, the uh, the news media a few years ago and then confirmed by a Twitter leaks? But on Monday, it's just like I said, oh man, I'm all over this topic. But on Monday, a trove of documents from Shalbar revealed that the FBI met with Jim Baker ahead of the 2020 presidential election, where he convinced Roth that the materials from the laptop could be Russian disinformation. The trove of documents Schallenberger released detailed how several former FBI officials were joining the ranks at Twitter and that those left at the Bureau had tried to get top-level security clearance for Twitter officials so they could be notified of any potential election stuff. This saying here now, like people who are black-pilled on this, 
we want to see heads roll. Attorney General Garland, FBI's Ray Face, Rye Face, likely FBI's Ray Face. Is that how I say it? Uh, likely Twitter files subpoena. Republican lawmakers are poised to slap top justice officials with subpoenas to see heads roll over Elon Musk's Twitter files. Revelations about the FBI efforts were to suppress free speech on social media. With a new Republican majority next year, it's not enough just to hold hearings. We need to hold people accountable, Representative Nancy Mace tweeted Tuesday. Mace's statement marked a doubling down on her earlier vow that there will be subpoenas flying after GOP regains control of the House. I really, it's sad that that, shouldn't, that should be happening now. I really want to know what government agents and agencies were censoring the free speech of Americans, May said a member of the House Oversight Committee, said on Fox News Sunday Night in America with Trey Gowdy. I want to see heads roll. I want to see people fired for what they've done. I want to see them go to prison. On Monday, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, who's seeking to become Speaker next year, repeated the recent pledge that subpoenas would be issued against the 51 former U.S. intelligence officials who signed a controversial open letter that said the Post's scoop at the, about the laptop was had classic earmarks of Russian information operation, even though they knew the year before that it was real. McCarthy declined to answer when directly, <clears throat> directly when host Maria Bartomo, Bartomo asked if U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland and FBI Director Christopher Wray should be also hit with subpoenas, but he predicted they would. Well, you're going to have to get to the very top because you've got to understand what they knew, he said. Why did they allow this to go on? Of course it came down from the very top. Of course it came down from the very top. You see all this here. All from the very top down. And absolutely heads will roll and should. And last up today, these hero military dogs need our help. It's that time of year again, although I don't really understand why charities push so hard around Christmas because everyone's broke after buying Christmas presents. It's weird, but uh, they need to, the community needs to come together and push that back, but, or, you know, pull it forward in the summertime. But uh, every year I try to do some big charity drive. <clears throat> in the past, we've done Toys for Tots and a variety of other charities. This year, I'm proud to be working uh, directly with Mission Canine, uh, which is an organization that uh, is particularly near and dear to my heart. But their their goals, of course, are to rescue, reunite, reunite, re and rehome, rehabilitate, and repair any retired working dog that has served mankind in some capacity. Now, a lot of people don't know this. Don't know this historically. You know, a lot of these military working dogs and things of that nature. They didn't get to come home. They uh, worked, and then they were dispatched. Uh, an inconvenient truth. But uh, things have changed and that there are ways now where they can come home. And when they come home, there's always a, a variety of issues with that. Um, getting them you know, all keyed up, you know, getting rid of their heartworms, which is very expensive. Um, and then finding the right home for them because a lot of these dogs, uh, they, you know, they can't just be housed anywhere. Uh, also taking senior dogs does a difficult thing to do. You can see a lot of these, you know, for example, just yesterday or a couple days ago, they posted, uh, this contract working dog, uh, came all the way from Bosnia. Um, you can see she's a good, calm, sweet girl, girl. She's working mine detection. 
during her working years in Bosnia. 13 years old, this dog, you know, needs to find a special home, needs to be able to run and play and enjoy the maybe last year or maybe two if she's lucky. Um, but th these dogs give everything uh, to their partners. They save lives. They, um, they help our military immensely. Uh, and I thought, well, this is kind of a double whammy. Uh, I love working dogs, German Shepherd. I'm a German Shepherd guy. Uh, I love supporting our military when I can. Uh, and so I thought, why not work with canine, Mission Canine? And so I reached out to them. And uh, they made a special page just for us. I asked them, how much money do you need, you know, to cover all of your heartworm stuff? And they said about $25,000. So I got the bidding started. I put in $5,000 of my own money. Then I picked up the phone and bullied Meta PCs, promo code the quartering. They just dropped $1,000 in here. And I will continue to work uh, and try to get my sponsors to throw in but this is a truly noble cause. These animals, you know, it's, again, these funds are used exclusively for veterinary care, surgery, rehab of retired military and contract working dogs. Um, you know, they currently have 10 dogs that served in Turkey that are presented with heartworms. It's an extremely serious condition and treatment in and of itself is dangerous. And it costs, you know, $1,500 per dog to treat, obviously. You have normal senior care and all sorts of other things. So, so for the start of 2023, they've set a goal of $25,000 to meet the heartworm treatments and initial vet care intake needs. I said, the quartering crew can do this. I know for a fact I have thousands of ex-military in my, in my viewership. Family, tens of thousands probably of either direct or indirect military. People love dogs. People love supporting those dogs. Those dogs give everything. You can see since 2023, they've brought over 1,200 working dogs home from abroad, and they've reunited 640 of them with their former veteran handlers. That's another big thing, right? Also, 91 cents of every dollar goes to the charity. That's kind of a big deal, right? Sometimes big charities, or you don't really know how much is actually getting to the cause. 91 cents. So there's a link in the description. I'm going to be very, you know, very succinct about it. There's no, I, I'm sure we're going to crush the $25,000 goal because my viewership is so generous. Uh, also, to, you know, by the way, to prove that, you know, you'll see here's Meta PCs just dropped $1,000. Um, and here I am. Hopefully I'm still on here. Yeah, here I am for 5000 So I put my money where my mouth is. Uh, it's a great cause and I know it's tough this time of year. And so if, you know, if you're not in a position, don't put yourself out, but you know, these dogs, they can't just go to any vet and they've dedicated their lives to helping people, uh, any, um, I'm sorry, like uh, humane society or something like that. They need to be reunited with their handlers. They need to be reunited with people who are specifically trained for dogs that have really been like, you know, trained their entire life to be a certain way. Not anyone can just take these dogs. Um, so let's do something good for, for Christmas. I always like to put a little good back into the, into the world. And this is a great way to do it. Use my link in the description. 
you'll get to this page where we can track our goal. We're at 67.25 already. We're at 27% of the, of the goal. So uh, I would greatly appreciate if you help support the cause. And if you can't, you can always share the cause. Share the link to your Facebooks, your Twitter, wherever you are, and uh, help, the, help the puppers. I always appreciate and I'm blown away by all of your generosity out there. So I'm sure we'll do very well with this. Thank you.